Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 110. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Bilal Springer. This week marks the start of our 30 Days to Grow month, and for the occasion, we're joined by Katie Lowndes, founder of Beauty Sailmate in Katie's Beauty Kitchen, to discuss what it takes to host a successful retail demo in your salon or spa. So grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salon's business and marketing needs. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning, Killian. Well, we say good morning, but it's actually like my late evening time this time. It's my evening and then Katie's morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Three time zones today. Yeah, so we're actually in all three areas of the world. This is kind of like when we did Forest Live, actually. We had someone from Australia, someone from the US or Canada, and then someone in Ireland. So it's kind of a similar setup again. Similar setup. The only difference is that we were all in Dublin at the time. So we were all in Dublin. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, the focus of this episode, I can't believe it. We're here already for the third consecutive year. We're hosting 30 Days to Grow. Um, like it's gone from strength to strength. I think this year we have 1,700 members in our Facebook networking group. I mean, the numbers keep growing day on day, but I'm really excited to see how it goes uh, for everyone taking part this year. Every year we get a lot of engagement, uh, a lot of feedback from it. And uh, before we jump into this week's interview, I suppose let's set a bit of context because one of the topics that we focus on a lot in Thursday Days to Grow is around retail, whether it be you know actual sales or visual merchandising or education. And I suppose a few years ago, we did write an, a retail ebook, and um, we were saying that financially speaking, setting targets for your staff is a great way to motivate your team while also growing your business. And if your staff is well educated and they believe that the retail products that your business holds, they believe in them, I suppose, uh, they'll naturally show a professional concern for your clients that goes beyond the salon experience. And from a customer's perspective, the results coming from those said products are then automatically associated with the experience that they've had in the salon. Now, last year, we kicked April's uh, podcasting content calendar with retail, but more specifically, visual merchandising. This year, we're keeping at it with the retail, except we're going through the ABCs of hosting a successful retail demo, because you might already make your clients feel and look like a million books, but by listening to and understanding their needs, you can extend their experience with products that can make it actual difference in their daily routine. And one of the best ways to introduce many clients to retail all at once is by hosting a retail demo. So without further ado, today on the show, we're joined by Katie Lowndes, founder of Beauty Sailmate, Katie's Beauty Kitchen and Regional Business Director for LNS ANZ. Welcome to the show, Katie, and thanks a million for taking the time. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a long time in the making and it's good to, um, to, to be here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we were speaking, I think it was what, probably late last year, the yeah, first time? I think yeah. So, yeah, through a mutual contact introduced us, which is how the business works at times, which is really nice. Definitely. Yeah, I remember going back through those emails more recently since um, this episode was coming into development and it was Susan Routledge that introduced you and she actually gave you quite a spiel. Like, I'm kind of looking at this going, is there anything you didn't do? She mentioned <laughs> you were a trainer, you headed up the UK sales team in Elemis, you're a clinic marketing manager, and now you're a consultant who does more training stuff. Yes, yeah, it's been, it uh, sounds, um, 
Sounds like a lot, doesn't it? I suppose, uh, I mean, I originally met Susan. I actually worked for her as a beauty therapist. And um, she actually really was my the first person who really taught me about good customer care and retail and getting the customer journey right. So it's really interesting that where I am today, um, you know, she was a big part of that. But yeah, since then, you know, I, I worked on cruise ships as a therapist and ended up taking quite a lot of my career through Steiner and Elemis. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm still working with Elemis today. Um, I do it a few days a week with them, which is which is excellent because I love the brand and love staying connected with them. Um, but, you know, there's been times where I've dipped out of that because I wanted to expand my knowledge and look at the business from a different perspective. So I had an opportunity to work with a group of clinics in London and that was fantastic because looking at sales retail journey from a clinic perspective was quite different from a spa perspective and also slightly different from a salon perspective. So even though you might think it's exactly the same, there's elements that were slightly different. Um, so it was quite interesting to, to look at it from that point of view. Um, but yes, it gave me an opportunity to work with marketing as well within the clinics. And that's when I actually started to really understand great events and how to host a great event, whether that's about a treatment or a product or just, you know, the business as a whole. So I suppose collecting these little nuggets along the way has brought me to where I am today, which is bringing all of that information and trying to help people with their sales and understanding client behavior and things like that. Is running events uh, like retail demos or, you know, you were saying you're mentioning treatments as well. Is that something that you personally really enjoy? Is that like something that you would have done in the past quite a bit? I love them. <laughs> I mean, it's not, uh, it's not everybody's cup of tea, let's be honest. Yeah, I that's why I'm asking. <laughs> I, I personally love it because I'm quite happy talking and speaking and getting up there and engaging with clients. And, you know, I, I like hosting dinner parties, for example. So for me, it was great because I could bring all these people together. You know, they'd have some drinks and canapes and they'd learn all about what we do so for me it was amazing and I enjoyed it but for some people that just puts the fear into them because a they don't know what to do like how how do we do that how do you run yeah. an event how do you get people there and also they're thinking I can't stand up and talk to these people you know even though they see the clients regularly and know them that and you know have probably seen parts of these clients that no one else has seen but then they, they're frightened to stand up and, and, and speak, which um, is, is an element of running an event. I suppose it's all about, I suppose, looking at it as if it is a party, because like you're saying, you're having all these people over. It's very interactive. It's less of standing up on stage, doing a presentation, which we all know is incredibly daunting and making it as interactive as possible. So on that note, for someone that might find this overwhelming or even someone that's never actually hosted anything like this before, where, where do I start? Like, what's my start? Yes. Here? Yeah, I mean, the starting point is to figure out what, what you want from the event. So there's a few different reasons for an event um, or product demo, as you were calling it. You could be having an event because you're launching a new product. That's the first one. You could be doing an event because 
Um, maybe your sales are down or you're launching a new treatment or maybe there's a new, like maybe it's Christmas and you've got some Christmas gift sets that you want to talk about. So it's really identifying why am I actually having an event and what do I want from the event? Do I want treatment bookings? Do I want to sell product on the night? Do I want to have new clients come on board? So the first step is really figuring out what do I want from my event? The second thing is, who do I want to be there? Um, you don't want, <laughs> there was one event I went to and the person was kind of had just bought a salon. So they were relaunching to everybody. So they invited everybody they possibly knew down to the salon for this event. And it was packed, like from wall to wall, just people. And I was there from a product house perspective to, you know, do my bit. Do you know what? I spent the whole night behind the reception desk as a bartender, literally just popping bottles of champagne because there was that many people and it was so chaotic. Everyone was just drinking. And that to me was not a successful event at all. That was just a party. Yeah, it is just a party, yeah. In its essence, it wasn't, you know, I mean, that was fine for her because she was excited because she bought a business. So in that sense, it was a success. But did she get bookings on the night? No. Did she sell anything on the night? No. So that was kind of a, and she spent an absolute fortune probably on booze. So it's kind of like a free for all party. So you don't want to go that extreme. You want to think, hang on a second, let's rein this back in. There's a reason why we're doing this and let's not get too carried away. So now I'm absolutely retracting my statement of think of it like a party because that does not sound like a good idea. (laughs) There is an element of that because you want people to feel relaxed. Um, And actually, if they have like a couple of drinks, it's nice because they feel relaxed. They have a chat with their friend. They feel a bit more social because if they turn up on their own, it's a bit uncomfortable. So I'm always like, just give, as soon as someone walks in, just give them a drink because otherwise they're like twiddling thinking, I don't know what to do with myself. Um, so it's, it's a nice element. It's just don't go crazy, <laughs> basically. So I suppose like if, if you're thinking, right, right, I, it's time I think for, for me to run uh, or I suppose host a retail demo. How do you go about that specifically? Do you get, involvement from sales reps do you do it all on your own like how what are the first steps I suppose to going about putting that sort of event together so if you're um, showcasing say a new product say it's brand new you're launching um, or that product or you've got a product range and they're bringing out something new and you want to talk about it you definitely have to get the buy-in with the product company because it's They want to have more sales at the end of the day. So they should be supporting you with your event. So definitely, definitely have them on board. Um, Their role is to be there as the expert. It's their role to support you with gift bags, for example. Um, They may even give you some free professional if you were doing little mini product demos on the night. So say, for example, you were talking about a new body product then you might have a couple of your therapists doing like mini hand massages demoing what that product might be and the product house may donate some professional for you to do that because it's in their best interests 
for you to market and talk about their product. And the beauty of that is if you're not very good at speaking or don't feel comfortable about talking, you've got that product representative there who should be very comfortable in standing up and doing a quick 10 minutes. This is what we're doing tonight, basically. Um, And when I say quick, I'm saying that because if you've got a room of people, you need to keep their attention and you Mm -hmm. need to give them the hard facts. Um, They don't need to know every single thing about everything. They just need to know what it is, what's it going to do for them? Why is it different? What's happening tonight? Is there a raffle? Is there a free treatment? If you book tonight, you get a discount or whatever it is, you want to get that out there into the open before you lose their attention because they might be with friends, they're chatting. So, it's really important to, to use your product rep as much as possible and and figure out what's the plan of the night. So you're saying to definitely get the reps on board. From your expertise, um, how receptive and how supportive are they when you ask them? Does it take a bit of kind of pushing and pulling to get them there or are they genuinely supportive of these events? In my experience... Well, to put it this way, when I'm looking after accounts, I'm beating their door down to host an event. I'm like, can we have an event? Can we have an event? Please, please, please. Because I know if I go and run an event, I'll get, you know, three to $6,000 in sales on that night. Mm. So for me, it's great. For them, it's great because they get their clients on a product regime and their clients will come back. So they should be very receptive and very happy to help. So you're saying you could make up to $6,000 a night. What's to stop me being greedy and going, I want to host one of these like every few days? Like how often, (laughs) is there a fine line and how often I should be hosting these demos? Because I mean, you tell me I'm going to make that much money. I'm I'm going to do one as as much as I can. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, (laughs) I definitely wouldn't be doing them every few days. Um, I think you've got to have, it, it takes a lot of work and it takes momentum and it takes excitement. So it, it's kind of like you don't want to see, I don't know, how do I phrase this? So say I had a dinner party with my friends and we have an amazing time. doesn't mean I want to go and have a dinner party with them every week because they'll stop coming and it won't be new and it won't be exciting. They'll be sick of my cooking. So it's the same <laughs> with an event. Like you want, you want it so that it's something different. It's something new. It's something to break up people's time so in in reality if you're doing an event every say three to four months that way you're focusing on say could be a mother's day event could be a christmas you always want to do a christmas event whatever you do you have to have a christmas event that's the one event a year that you should be doing and that should be in november um as soon as you can because it mm-hmm. for them they can tick off a list of stocking fillers or gifts or whatever it might be it's just a perfect time to run an event and then yeah I would do it in um maybe Mother's Day or times of the year when maybe you feel like you need a bit of an injection or you have something new to talk about all right and in terms of like now you mentioned time of the year uh is there a better time in the week yes to run or in the month even to run these kind of events because I suppose if you're coming say if you're towards the end of the month and you're trying to to you know, get that last spike of sales in or even in the week for clients to come in. Uh, Have you seen in your experience a specific window of opportunity? Yeah, because you have to think about 
yourself and like when you want to do certain things so Mm -hmm. for example on a Friday night do I want to go to my local spa or salon for an event or do I want to go out and have drinks with my work colleagues and have fun um probably the latter um so you have to think about what people do in their day-to-day life you know at the end of a week you kind of want to go home relax and at the weekend that's your family time or um you know doing things that you know your hobbies for example so to me you should always do it on a weeknight and I think something like a Wednesday or Thursday is nice because it's getting towards the end of the week it's a time when people think oh yeah it's it'd be nice to go and do something a little bit different. And I would do it so that it's straight from work so that they can almost come along on their way home, have a drink, find out something new, and then go home at a time when it's still reasonable. So have an hour or two at home before they go to bed. To me, that's perfect because you're capturing them Mm -hmm. at a time when, yes, it's on their way home, but it's not interfering with their day. It's also not interfering with their weekend. So would salons be expected to stay open later than usual then to host these events? If you're saying kind of after work, before bedtime, whatever time that is. Um, So then are there going to be like additional expenses or costs? Because now you're asking your team to stay a bit later. What's the buy-in like there? Well, to be honest, on a Wednesday or Thursday, most salons actually open late till say eight o'clock anyway. So in reality it's probably the same hours in most cases. There may be the odd one, but it's really on a case-by-case basis. But, you know, you might say, okay, you can come in from 5 o'clock or from 5.30 and you just may run the event till 8 p.m. and that be it. Yeah. And that's fine. That's That's a great event in my opinion. So I think for the staff... They're, they're complete in my experience they're completely fine with that because they're already working till eight anyway and if they're not it's a one-off they'll probably get their time back in lieu on another day or you know on the night uh, you know they probably get commission on sales anyway I would hope um with their retail so for them it's kind of a it's a fun night for them so you're just kind of shifting the focus on taking a few bookings in that night to retail demos like you said you're probably going to be open that time anyway you're not having to stay much later you're just shifting the salon focus for those few hours yeah exactly exactly and the the even though it's a couple of hours of treatments the amount of bookings and say voucher sales and retail sales that you get from the night will completely outweigh the fact that you've not done treatments for two hours well speaking of that actually in terms of costs, what is involved in running uh, a retail demo? Because if you're getting the if you're getting the, the the product line on on board, I suppose that they will cover a certain certain part of the costs. Yeah. Um, what's yeah? What, what's kind of like the breakdown for that? Yeah. Okay. So I would say okay. So the product house would do the goodie bags. Mm-hmm. So that's that cost over to them. Um, I'd normally ask for a raffle prize from them as well. So like a gift set or say three or four full size products in a bag. So they would donate that. Um, Then you've got um, the only cost really is how you market it. So you may put up like an event flyer um, have something in the salon or spa for a while to hand out to say, come along to an event 
and do some Facebook posts and social and basically telling everyone about it. And then the main cost is really the food and drinks. Um, but with that, I would always say to think, okay, let's have two drinks per person. Um, so if you start getting into three or four, that's when they're drunk and they're not even thinking about what you're talking about. So two drinks per person. And then, you know, obviously when you bulk buying some sparkling drink, for example, or having a soft drink alternative, it's it's actually not that expensive. Um, and then canapes, you'd probably just have a few canapes, but you don't want to go overboard. I think you can go too extreme. It can be very simple cheese and crackers and little easy things to snack on. Um, and that would be your main cost. So I think you could budget per person. You might do, say, you might do about six six pounds maybe per person in reality once you've broken it all down per guest that would cover it I'd say or maybe less I was expecting way more than that yeah I mean I've just calculated that in my head but and it depends how many people you have as well um yeah that's a that's a good question actually how many people do you want at an event (laughs) that's the other thing how big is your salon yeah Yeah, how how big is your salon how much can you actually have I actually prefer events when there's 10 people who are focused and can listen and engage than having 50 people. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a funny one because if you go too many, that's when you get that that atmosphere that I was telling you about where it's just chaos and everyone's drinking and chatting and running around and trying to gather everyone's attention and things like that can be a little bit more tricky. Um, It's fine in... So I ran an event at a very large facility, like a huge resort type place. And they had a stage and it actually had seats. So that was very different. You know, people were sat down. I was on stage presenting. And yes, you can get their attention. But then if there's all these people in one room and they're all squashed in, everyone's chatting, and it's really loud. It's actually quite hard to get the engagement that you want from the event. So it's mm-hmm. trying to figure out your business and what's going to work for you. The balance in there, yeah. Yeah. So for your first few events, might it be a good idea to maybe just focus on your most loyal clients, like inviting them first? Or would you go and, (laughs) hey, just blast it out, whoever's like a free for all, whoever's available, come along? I would, I'd try and ask everyone because I find that sometimes it's hard to get people along to events. I mean, it depends Mm -hmm. on the business and who your clients are, but sometimes you're just so happy that you've got people coming. And I know that might sound silly because these clients might be getting free treatment and some samples and, you know, a couple of a drink and whatever. And it, you'd think that people would be like, yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming. But actually not, not everyone feels comfortable going to something like that, especially if they don't have a friend that they know goes there. Or So actually you really would just want to get bums on seats and make sure you've got people coming. Yeah, And that's that's the key. And even though someone says, yeah, I'm coming, and they put their name down, doesn't mean they're going to actually show up. So there's a real kind of sort of plan that you have to put in place where you're saying, yes, this person's coming. Then you sort of have to do another follow-up. And then you even have to do another two follow-ups just to actually make sure the last one being a few days before, can't wait to see you. You know, and and even getting their buy-in where they pay, say, ten pounds or 
$20 or whatever it might be, but that's redeemable on the night because if they're paying, then you might actually get them there and because they've paid a fee. Because the worst thing is if you have this event and then no one turns up. Yeah, then you've invested money into nothing. Uh, I mean, it's funny you mentioned that, like, you know, people might sign up but not turn up. It's so true. I remember... And I don't run events normally, but I, I was organizing this event with a friend of mine who works in clothing and we were looking at the Facebook event registrations going and interesting and say there was a hundred people. We kind of had to think about, right, well, if it's a hundred, let's assume that only 50 are coming because realistically not everyone's going to be there. And that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, it is. It's quite scary when you think about it. Um, but the no-show rate can be really high, can be really high. And that's quite, you know, if you get three people turn up, you feel a bit like, oh, God. Um, but, you know, you can still work with that and it's fine. You can still get a lot from it. But, yeah, it can be quite soul-destroying. So you have to be really on it and consistent and you can't just expect these things to just pop up out of nowhere. Yeah, like that shouldn't deter you from doing these events, though, no. thinking that, all right, we've planned for 150 my calm and three turn yeah. up on the day because it is trial and error. And especially if this is your first event, don't let that be the one that kind of stops you from doing this. It's like anything. Yeah, you just have to keep at it. And eventually you'll build up enough, um, I suppose, enough interest because people are seeing these events are ongoing. They don't know that you did an event and it failed. They just hear that these events keep going and they're going, well, I want to. It's like that FOMO nearly. Even though they don't yes. know who's going, they're still seeing these events happening. You just have to keep pushing that out there. Yeah, you have to get photos. You have to get all of that, get the PR bit going and show action, show there's excitement in the business and consistent message. And, and as I said, you know, even if you get three, that's okay because those three people could be really engaged and, you know, they might each spend $200, for example, £100 each and they may book a treatment, they may tell a friend. That three people could then be six people next time. It's a real, it's a learning curve and I suppose it's, it's like anything. The more you do it, the better you get. And, you know, I've, I mean, I've been doing events for a very long time, but, you know, if I look back at my first event, I'm sure there was lots of things wrong with that, but it's only by doing them do you learn that you shouldn't get give, give people too many drinks, that you have to make sure you speak to everyone at the beginning and tell them what the event's about. Yeah, It's not just a party. It's, you know, tonight we're here because of X, Y, Z, and this is the raffle and da, da, da. And, you know, there's a purpose. There's a time that it ends and there's, there's a time it starts. There's a time that it ends. And, and that's, that's what it's about. How do you feel about ticketing the event? You know, oftentimes when you do even just spend $5 on a ticket to go to somewhere, if yeah. you're even just promised a goodie bag or something, you'll be more tempted to show up because you've invested even just that yeah. small bit. Yeah, even yes. just that small bit of money. How do you feel about that for retail demos? I think it's fine because, I mean, I because you don't really call it a retail demo. It's more of a, mm -hmm. a launch or, um, you know, you might say it's winter. Let's look at how to protect your skin through winter. You know, that's the kind of mm -hmm. event they're going to. It's not necessarily a, this is a new moisturizer launch. Um, so it's kind of working out how you, 
how you position it. And I think yeah. that ticket that ticket element is, is is the same thing as the deposit. So you're paying an amount of money to make sure that the client's bought into it and, and actually turns up. And I think having the redeemable elements probably a good thing because you know they might not redeem it but that kind of covers their costs that we talked about before of the food and the drinks that covers that um if they didn't purchase so i think it's a good idea what these things sometimes reminds me of um is remember like this is where you could like really utilize your own staff as well is remember the tupperware craze that took off in America years ago like it's it's bringing your friends it's bringing your family to talk about the products that you all love and use anyway now it's just hosting it in one venue that everyone can purchase the stuff they're using exactly and people like if you say you were going with your mum or you're with a friend and people like to be able to do something that's a little bit different um and most people who are going to a spa or salon, they love to go and have a mini hand treatment or a mini massage or a mini facial or a makeup application or um, learn something. You know, you might do a 15-minute talk on anti-aging, like what is that? Why do we need it? Why are we aging? So they might learn something new. So people in general love to go and have that because you get a bit of food bit of drink might get a treatment learn something new have some social time with a friend and it, it kind of ticks a lot of boxes so yeah. why wouldn't you go because it's fun yeah exactly it, like it, it sounds like a great idea and i'd really love to see more people like actually hosting these and i'd love to especially see them put them into our facebook page as well yes. the facebook group yeah. <laughs> i think you can get really creative and you know, there's no limit. Um, I think one of my favourite events I did was, it was actually at a, a large, I did it twice, at um, quite a large facility. So it was more of a spa type place. And we were just trying to get the product because we were just launching the product there. So we just wanted people to like, no, you know, this is a product. This is where it's at. This is how it works. And, and actually, instead of doing like a whole big event at this point, I actually went into so clients were coming in at night having some drink and nibbles and having a look around the facilities and things like that I actually went and positioned myself in the area where you have the sauna the steam and the little pools so I was just slap bang in the middle so the clients would come out of the changing room and I was saying okay and before you go in have your sauna for example how about we do a cleanse on the skin let's put a, um, a face peel on then you can go and sit in this, this the sauna and do that come out and see me afterwards I'm going to give you this scrub to put on your body and I actually sat and did like a ritual with them as if they were at home or how they would use the product so in that sense it was really interactive and they were actually using the products and feeling them smelling them seeing the results on their skin and it was fun like they're all sitting there with scrub like this going everywhere and <laughs> everyone's walking around with these masks on but they loved it because they were getting that for free and yeah and, and getting more from their experience of using the facility so there's lots of different ways you can interact and 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 work with your clients so katie just to summarize this episode I've decided, right, you know what, this is my first uh, time. I'm going to take the the jump to do a product launch. What advice do you recommend for first-time goers after listening to this episode? Like if we were to just break it down into quick steps, what are the most important things to think of here? First thing is 
the purpose and make sure you, on the night, get that purpose out. You panic so much about hosting that you forget what you're there for. So you have to make sure on the night that you say, hi, everyone, thank you for coming. Um, Tonight you'll get a mini hand massage. We're talking about this product. This is why. Um, there's a raffle get please buy a raffle ticket you know get it laid out at the beginning this is why you're here and this is what we're doing I'd say invite everybody talk to all your clients consistently I would be doing reminders even if it's a phone call just saying just checking you're still coming on Wednesday night because they might say yeah I'm coming but they need a reminder and you know having that relationship of that contact will keep them bought into coming along I would say don't go crazy. Just keep the first one simple. As I said, you know, having 10 people who are really engaged is better than having 50. I always, I always have a friend or two come along. That is my tip, (laughs) right? Because if you have a friend or two coming, it's good because it has that kind of there's a bit of an atmosphere already because there's a couple of people so I always have a few little Klingons <laughs> just as, as support it's a support for you it's knowing that there's actually going to be someone there and and then if you know even if one client comes up they don't know that they're your friends like just looks like other clients so you know just a few I'm not saying invite everybody because it's not a friend party but yeah it's um that's definitely it's just like planting the seed where uh if, if you're doing like a stand-up show you you bring your friends along and they laugh louder than everyone so yes. your friends are going to yes. buy all of your products and rave about how good the products you're demonstrating are is this <laughs> what we're doing here <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take six and i'll book in yeah. five treatments course, please. <laughs> um, yeah plant them in there and don't get them drunk that's the other one. <laughs> you can always drunk. rely on your friends to get drunk. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the key thing. Be consistent. Make sure you follow up. Um, it has to be in advance as well. You can't just go, I'm going to have an event next week. Boom. Like these things take planning and, and use your product rep. Like they should be supporting you. They should be giving mm-hmm. you free stuff. They should be asking you to run an event and they should be telling you how to run it in my opinion, like that's how I've always worked. Um, so ask them. If you don't ask, you don't get. That's very true. That's yeah. I love. Yeah, it's like like you were saying, they should be banging on your door. But also they're absorbing a good chunk of the, the cost. They are, because at the end of the day, they'll get more sales from it. You know, if you're, if you're doing £3,000 in retail, well, £1,500 of that is their money. So if you think about it. So it's in their interest to have you buy more product and have your clients bought into the range because they'll get a big juicy order the next day. So they'll be like, yay. <laughs> well, you've cleared them out. They need to go, you need to go back to them now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, look, Katie, listen, thanks very much for joining us on the show today. Some really good insights into the ABCs of launching a successful product demo, not just any product demo. And for our audience listening to this episode, if you do want to book in for some consultation with Katie, Katie is actually a member of the Salon Mentorship Hub. So please do avail of that. You can find her on the Salon Mentorship Hub website, which will be linked in the bio here. And for all your retail queries, you can get onto Katie there. Thank you for having me.
So that was Katie Lowndes, founder of Beauty Sailmate and Katie's Beauty Kitchen, uh, discussing what it takes to host a successful retail demo or I suppose a product launch or event in your salon or spa. And hopefully you guys got quite a bit of tips uh, in this episode. I think there's a lot of golden nuggets in there. And so this brings us then to the second part of our show. And Killian, for one, uh, for, it's been a long time. You're you're actually kicking this one off this time. It feels weird. Like usually, I stop talking at this stage of the show. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we nearly have, uh, nearly at the stage of just pre-recording my uh, all the best bit. Yeah, almost. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we do. We have a forest clients webinar. So this one is talking about the new forest feature, Fallback SMS. It takes place with Andrea Kane, Grown Marketing Advisor here at Forest, and with Rachel McAdam, our online forest trainer. So what is this webinar about? Well, did you know that you could fill three jumbo jets with clients who never receive your email campaigns? So this is the problem that we're trying to solve. By joining us on this 30-minute webinar, we'll explore Forest's newest feature, the Fallback SMS, why it's a sell-on must, and how it works works perfectly with our new email editor too. So do you have three sessions? It's one is actually on on Wednesday, so in two more days. So we've April the third, April the eighth, and April the fifteenth all at 2 p.m. GMT. By the end of this webinar, you should be able to identify why you aren't reaching as many clients as you think. You'll be able to understand how fallback SMS complements email marketing. Andrea and Rachel will take you through creating an email campaign with our new email editor. And finally, they'll show you how to execute your next email campaign and reach more clients with fallback SMS. So a lot of people already enrolled in that webinar and the email only just went out there a few days ago. So jump on board that one and you'll see it floating around social media too. Perfect. And then I suppose the last bit of news before we wrap up the show is on the Salon Owners Summit Roadshow because the summit is taking its wings and bringing them to Chicago in April, uh, April 15th, specifically on the Monday. The conference is taking place from 9.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m., followed by a drinks and networking reception. It's taking place at the Dalsey at Alba in Chicago. And some of our announced speakers are Scott Buchanan, Stephanie Jackson, Jay Williams, who we've had on the show recently with Sinead Carroll, and Neil Dukoff, Marlo Boyle, Heather Yurko, who also spoke at the Salon Owner Summit in January in Dublin this year, and Anne Bray. So for any additional information on the Salon Owner Summit Roadshow, it's the first stop in Chicago. You can head over to the website salonownersummit.com forward slash Chicago. And well, that's all we got for this week, guys. So as always, if you want to share your thoughts on this episode or have any suggestions, you can send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We genuinely love feedback and are always looking for ways to improve the show. Otherwise, have a wonderful week. Good luck on 30 Days to Grow and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Great music makes great moments. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Forest FM, the Salon Owners podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. We help salon owners get their clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.